What is this? Why are we here? I'll tell you why we're here. We're here to have some fun. We welcome you to episode numero uno of Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com. I am Kyle Alfred. That guy over there in the, or wait, let's see, this way. No, that way. We'll figure this out as we go through. That guy in the orange, Ray Flowers, he is with us as well. Of course, you know, Ray and I like to hang out together, and we're back together. It's kind of like, uh, who was it, uh, Liz Taylor and, and Richard Burton. They would get divorced, they'd get married, they'd break up, they'd have arguments, they'd be back. They always got back together. Ray and I are getting back together. And this is a brand new venture. Like I noted, it is show number one here with uh, Fantasy Sports Daily. Each and every morning at this very same time, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to about noon. We'll see how it goes. We don't have to be an hour. We don't have to be less than. We can be more than, however we want to do it. We'll come your way with all of the latest in the world of fantasy, all of the latest in DFS. We will make use of our great analysts and experts at fantasyguru.com a bit later today. We're going to be checking in with Ryan Clifford to talk a little bit about Monday night football. So each and every day, you'll get me, you'll get Ray, and you'll get everything that you need to know in the world of fantasy sports. And you also get a little bit of direction of some of the new things that we have popping up at fantasyguru.com. Uh, where else can you find us? Well, again, here live. But even if you miss us live right here on the YouTube channel, all of these videos, all of these back and forth will be uh, saved, will be available on demand. Eventually, we will have an all audio component that you can download each day. So it should be a great deal of fun as we get rolling in late October, the day before Halloween, which, as you know, is kind of a holiday for Ray Flowers. OK, I've talked a lot. I've talked a great deal. You're probably looking at Ray Flowers and saying, what's wrong with Ray? Well, on show one, Ray's got to be the tech guy. He's got to make sure that I sound good, that I look good and that you are hearing me clearly. We've got that right, Ray. Everybody can hear me, correct? I can hear you. I hope they can hear you. Uh, yeah, so we're we're pushing buttons and figuring things out a little bit. You're brand new uh, with the first show. So I appreciate you uh, vamping a little bit to make sure we're able to make that a reality. Yeah, I, I wasn't just hogging the spotlight. That is so far from, from usual for me. I was just buying Ray a little time. Um, it's good to be back, buddy. Uh, you and I have done this for a number of years. I think all the way back to like uh, 2009 or so. And we've had long runs in various places. This is kind of a new place. There will probably be future places that we will be. But it's fun to be back each and every day and uh, talking uh, sports each and every day. And, and as usual, Ray, hey, it's October. So a lot of football, but we'll jump into to all sorts of things. This is kind of a continuation of what we had with the uh, daily podcast that we would post at fantasyguru.com. I was doing that solo, teaming up with you, teaming up with some other writers at Fantasy Guru. Kind of an extension of that the video component, and, of course, with you and I renewing our relationship again. Yeah, uh, and the band's back together again, and you kind of joked around uh, last week that, for better or worse, you know, you thought you'd gotten rid of me, Kyle, but no, I guess that's that's not the case. Uh, we're going to give it another go here, and I'm looking forward to what we're going to be able to build. And, you know, the fact that this is free for people to listen to or, or watch if they're on YouTube and all that, so... Looking forward to, to talking some fantasy sports to you again. Well, and another aspect, just since you're the tech wizard, Ray, mm. I'll ask you this. Um, we do have, like, people can comment. They can ask questions. 
Um, if, they're, if they're wondering about a certain uh, article Ray put together and say, hey, I didn't understand this, or can you build upon this more? Or, hey, guys, who do you like at wide receiver that's under $7,000 tonight? Uh, that is available, right? I, I believe people can comment and check in as, as they are wont to do uh, during the live portion of this broadcast, correct? Correct. As far as I understand it, yes. Uh, so hopefully that if this tech doesn't work, don't blame me. But hopefully, <laughs> yes, that's. I think we're all set up for that. Uh, I know that you and I can converse in chat, so hopefully the listeners can too. But that is the goal uh, to allow them to have some interaction with us, so that you know we don't just ramble on for an hour about stuff they don't want to talk about. Maybe we can even help set lineups or answer questions on trades or or just say hello to the folks if they want to listen. Well, I, I believe it must be working because our friend Tyler Beaker has at least chimed in and says he can hear us. He's he's ready to rock and roll. So there we go. We got at least Tyler hanging out with us to to test the system, if you will. Okay, what are we doing today? Enough with like the preliminaries. Let's let's kind of peel back the curtain and get rolling on this Monday. Um, and this will be every Monday uh, for a while. We're going to recap everything that went down on Sunday. Of course, Ray and myself, we have... Uh, kind of harden our asses, if you will, on a Sunday afternoon by sitting on the couch or on the sofa, rarely getting up and watching football from literally about one o'clock Eastern until about 11 p.m. Eastern. That is what we do. That is the, the job we have. So we've got a lot of thoughts coming out of week number eight. Unfortunately, we've got a big injury in Minnesota to talk about. Uh, the Vikings and, of course, fantasy players losing Kirk Cousins. The news is not good there. Uh, the news is a bit better in Nashville, Tennessee. The debut of Will Levis was a hit. It was like more than a hit. It was a four-touchdown hit for the Titans. We'll talk about Levis and his future prospects at the helm of all things Tennessee. The Cincinnati Bengals, slowly but surely, they're getting their stripes back. They look very strong against San Francisco. I know that everybody wants to talk about the struggling 49ers, three straight losses, but come on. Cincinnati went in and looked sharp. That bye week did them well. I thought Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, the best they've looked all season. Uh, speaking of guys who are looking really, really good, A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill, those guys are going back and forth. Kind of a game of you do that, I'll do this. Who's better? Every single Sunday with these two receivers. And both of them continued to rewrite the record books on Sunday. We will tell you about the 20-touch man, a guy that honestly I wanted nothing to do with coming into the season. But literally every game this year, 20 touches. Who is that man? We'll reveal that man coming up a bit later in the program. Uh, Kansas City, rough trip to Denver, Colorado. Uh, we knew that Patrick Mahomes was ill on Sunday morning. He looked more ill on Sunday afternoon. That whole Chiefs offense looked pretty ill. Also, we'll unfortunately have to talk about the Giants and the Jets. We'll talk about the Cowboys offense coming to life. And as mentioned, Ryan Clifford is going to join us for a preview of Monday Night Football. We've got the Raiders and the Lions. I will say this, Ray. I actually have a lot on the line um, in multiple leagues. I've got Jared Goff as my quarterback. I'm down like four points. I, I, I'm against an opponent who has Jameer Gibbs. So that's a good one-on-one -on -one battle. Um, I've got Sam Laporta needing to get like 11 points for me to win in another league. I've got the Detroit defense needing to get me like six points to win. So that's three separate leagues, Ray, where I'm like living on the edge every second of tonight's game between the Lions and the Raiders. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, and you know this about me, like I don't check the scores 
until Monday, you know, provided that, that no one on my teams is, is dealing with a situation where they're out of the game, right? Um, so I haven't looked. It's early on the West Coast as we're recording this. So I haven't actually looked at my matchup. So I don't know if uh, I'm living or dying uh, with the two teams. And I, I don't have many Lions or Raiders. Uh, but I don't know what my opponents do. They might. Yeah. Well, maybe you're doing well because you, I also have Josh Jacobs in the league. But I, I, I think he's got to get like 25 points. He needs like a, an epic Josh Jacobs game. He needs a last year performance, not a this year. Yeah, not a this year performance. Isn't he still, he's still like three and a half yards per carry. It's just brutal. Really rough. Absolutely brutal for the guys. So we'll get a preview with Ryan Clifford, kind of focus on things from the DFS showdown perspective. That'll be coming your way, uh, coming up in about 50 minutes or so, because the rest of this hour is nothing but our thoughts on Sunday. And we kind of ran through the headlines there, Ray. We'll talk about all the games, everything that really matters to our audience. We'll start. Uh, with that game between the Packers and the Vikings. Very ho-hum game. It, it was not the most exciting game. The Packers offense continues to be kind of DOA. It's it's just so lacking. Uh, and I don't want to blame it all on Jordan Love. You know, the running game has done nothing. The receiving game has done nothing. They're totally discombobulated. It does not look good for the Packers. On the flip side, Ray, the Vikings looked fine yesterday. Uh, heck, they finally got their first rushing touchdown. Really, their first rushing touchdown of 2023, courtesy of Cam Akers, not Alexander Madison. But the big news, Ray, is Kirk Cousins. Um, as we sit here on Monday morning, it's almost certain. Uh, they'll confirm it later today. But a torn Achilles uh, is going to end the season for Kirk Cousins. And I don't know how many people realize this, Ray, but in a uh, fantasy setup a season long, Kirk Cousins is number one in touchdown passes this year. So he is done for the season. I know he's not elite. That's a very good quarterback that the Vikings have lost and certainly the fantasy community has lost now. Yeah, for the followers over at FantasyGuru.com, they know we do a trending article and I do a couple of uh, the games each week that comes out on Monday. And I got this game. We're supposed to pick four players like up, down, watch list kind of thing. And I'm looking at this game and it's like, what the hell do I do? There's no one trending up. <laughs> Packers offense stinks. Uh, the Vikings as of now... I mean, they're going to have to activate Mannion off the practice squad, and it's Jaron Hall and Mannion. Mullins is out. Kirk, Kirk Cousins out. They're going to have to sign a free agent. We were joking last mm -hmm. night, Colt McCoy or uh, Carson Wentz. You know, they're going to be getting phone calls. Maybe they make a trade, but uh, it's just a rough scenario for the Vikings. Uh, not effectively running the ball, as you stated. It's not just the lack of touchdowns. They're not doing much producing production on the ground either. Uh, and now they're going to be down to a third or fourth string quarterback. And for a team that Think, looks like they're trending in the right direction. It's a brutal loss for them. And going from Cousins, now the people are going to have to go the, you know, Daniel Jones coming back route or the Jimmy Garoppolo route. Like, it's going to be a rough fall for a lot of people that had Cousins. Yeah, I, I think uh, for Cousins, he was drafted as a QB2, but he was kind of playing like a QB1. So a lot of people have been enjoying the, the results they're getting from Cousins. You know, in terms of the rest of this offense, Ray, I, I guess in one, and this is the only thing that's good about the injury is, it did occur before the trading deadline. Uh, trading deadline is tomorrow on Halloween. So the Vikings are burning up the phone lines here. But but you kind of talked about the in-house candidates, which are very uninspiring. Honestly, Ray, outside of like a shocker of a trade, I don't know if there's an inspiring trade to be had anywhere. Um, some people have mentioned Jacoby Brissett. Mm -hmm. uh, some people have mentioned, I think, Case Keenum. You know, these guys, I don't want to say they're free. You have to give up draft pick, but it's probably fourth, fifth round or lower. I mean, Keenum, you might pay 50 grand and get Case Keenum. So they'll do something. And and I don't want to make any like, this is the way it's going to be. This guy sucks. This guy's fine. You know, 
we got to see who they get and who they're going to go with. But honestly, Addison, Hawkinson, certainly Jefferson, you think about down the field, mm-hmm. you know, is any quarterback they're going to find be be good spotting Justin Jefferson on 30-yard fly routes? I, I don't think so. I mean, that that part of their offense is really going to be lacking. They, they may still win games, Ray. You know, the NFL, there, there's a lot of bad teams and very average teams. They can still win games. They can still mm-hmm. back their way into the postseason. But in terms of this offense, it's a pretty significant fall from Cousins to the next guy. And, and I just wonder, because the running game has been bad. It, to me, all eyes are on this rushing attack. Like, they got to get Madison and Akers going. And I look at Madison. It's been a huge disappointment. But the fact remains, Ray, I think he's averaging about 13 carries a week. With those 13 carries a week, though, he's under 50 yards a week. And I just wonder if Cam Akers is the guy who, at the very least, is going to earn a split here and maybe be given an opportunity. Because they've given him Addison eight weeks, and it ain't working. I wonder if Akers, if it's his turn to get a chance in that Vikings backfield. Well, it's it's really interesting because they, with whoever the quarterback is, you have to figure they'd really like to be able to run the football and have a little bit more of a balanced attack because they can't have one of these guys come in whoever it is, and have him throw 38 times and expect him to throw for 320 yards and three touchdowns. Like That's just not going to happen. The problem is they've been extremely ineffective running the football. And, you know, Cam Akers, even yesterday, you know, Cam Akers got the touchdown, but he he played 17 snaps to 44 for Madison. Madison ran 22 routes. Akers ran four. Akers wasn't on the field. He got the score. He wasn't on the field. Yeah. And I just don't – I don't see Cam Akers watching tape doing anything to impress me. I just don't. Um, Jeff Manns talks about this all the time. I, you know, since the Achilles injury, I'm rooting for the guy, but I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I don't think the offensive line's doing a great job run blocking. I don't think the running backs are special. And with w- the pressure that's going to be brought to bear on whoever's under center for them, it's going to get rough. And we also have to mention, we, we talked about this when it initially occurred too, Kyle, is the Justin Jefferson situation. You know, Justin Jefferson didn't get paid, right? And there were rumors when he got hurt. Well, this is a four to six week injury. Mm-hmm. You know, and we kind of talked about, well, would he rush back? Right. And then Adam Schefter, like hours later, after we talked about it on the Elite Sports Show on Sirius XM, which people can hear Monday through Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. After we talked about it on there a couple hours later, Adam Schefter put out, well, maybe, you know, we'll see. It's like, how aggressive is Jefferson going to, you know, be to return to the field for catching passes from Nick Mullins or whoever the hell it is? So they've got a mess. Um, I don't think Akers should be on waivers in the majority of leagues because you never know. Workload's workload. He could end up at some point getting those 15 touches that are going to Madison. But both guys are completely uninspiring to me, and I'm not hopeful that either one's going to find a huge kick in the second half. If somebody came to you today, Ray, let's say you owned either Addison or Jefferson, knocked on your fantasy door today and said, I'll give you 80 cents on the dollar for these guys in a redraft league. No keepers, Mm -hmm. nothing like that. Right. Wouldn't you have to listen? I, I I think I'd truly, and and it sounds like Jefferson probably isn't back next week. I think that's too early. Mm-hmm. Probably looking at another game or two that he will miss. I think he will return. I mean, honestly, the Vikings are in the race because mm-hmm. everybody's in the race. So so like the Vikings have a chance here. But Ray, I I would really listen on Addison and Jefferson, even at a discount. I I'd listen to some trades because I, I find it hard to believe that Jefferson can be, let, let's say, can he be 90% of what he was with Cousins? I'm going to say no. Same thing with Addison. Hawkinson can maybe be there because it's a little easier to get a tight end involved and it's not like he's demanding 12 targets. 
But those two wide receivers, I, I worry uh, about the second half of the season. Yeah, remember as well, they haven't had their bye. It's week 13, so you have to mm. factor that in as well. Uh, and that's something everyone that's on the trademark in the fantasy space, you got to pay a lot of attention to because I see a lot of trade offers. You know, people hit us up in Discord over fantasyguru.com, and they're, they're the questions. It's like, well, this guy hasn't had his buy. This guy has had his buy, so factor that all in. I would like to wait until the deadline passes to see what move is made, right? Okay. But even if they make a move and they bring in one of these guys, right, are, are those guys ready in week nine? You know, within five, what's the offense going to look like the first game? So you kind of got to look at that and be like, oh, I can't be you know overly excited about the receivers then. Then you got the bye in week 13 too, so you start peeling it away. So to answer your question, I mean, if someone makes you a fair offer, mm-hmm. if someone's buying the touchdowns that Addison's been scoring or they think Jefferson's going to return and be the number one or two wide receiver in football, you got to listen. Yeah. To follow up in our chat room, uh, Greg Martinez is in there. He's one of many who lost Kirk Cousins, and he's warning about a fantasy replacement. The one – And again, I hate to, I don't want to oversell the point, Mm -hmm. but at quarterback, there are options in almost every league. Um, You know, even if you're in a 14 team league, there's probably six starting quarterbacks who you can look at. Now, again, these are bad quarterbacks in general, but these are still guys who can score you 15 to 20 points on a given week. Not every week, and they're not going to be Kirk Cousins, but you can still get your 15 to 20 points. If you're going to lose a stud at a position, quarterback is maybe the best place to lose it, <laughs> you know, because because there are replaceable pieces. And even coming out of yesterday, Ray, you know, Will Levis is now on everybody's radar. People are thinking Taylor Heineke is, is maybe the guy moving forward in Atlanta. I got to say, P.J. Walker looks better than Deshaun Watson has this season. And God knows when Deshaun Watson's going to be back. Uh, we might see an injury in L.A. with the Rams. We got an injury in Pittsburgh. Now, mm-hmm. who th- who does that mean? Mitch Trubisky, you know, Brett Rippon. So again, Ray, th- there are not like certifiable answers, but you can still find starting quarterbacks out there. And maybe you got to take it week by week. You know, Arizona is probably going to have Joshua Dobbs. In fact, they're almost certain to have him for another week. Who knows if if he's available? But there are guys there. You might just have to pick and choose week after week. And, and that's intimidating to do for the next nine to 10 weeks, I think. Yeah, we have a lot of issues at quarterback all of a sudden. Yesterday was pretty bad in terms of injuries. Uh, I'll say it this way. Kenny Pickett stinks. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky's no worse. I don't know how it plays out. There was a report out that Kenny Pickett's likely to play this week, okay? Yeah, you know, Tyler Haneke, he's not very good, but he's better than Desmond Ritter, who is atrocious. <laughs> Desmond Ritter is terrible. So the position's gotten better in the last 30 It's gotten better, but it gotten worse. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure from watching the game yesterday that Matthew Stafford, who jacked up his thumb on his throwing hand for the yeah. people that didn't see it, uh, was, you know, he was wincing and it was hurt. He hit it on a helmet and all that. They ran a, a play on him where he, you know, was it the Philly special, whatever the hell they call it, where he went out to right and he ended up catching a touchdown. The pass was low, so he had to kind of reach down and then dive toward the end zone. I think that's how he hurt his thumb. Was and, and that was zone. after he had previously injured the thumb. They're still yep. having the quarterback run yep. out to catch passes, and, yep. and that's just idiotic to me. Yeah, and so when he stretched out for the goal line because he caught the ball low instead of having the pass at his chest and he could have walked right in the end zone, I think when he slammed his hand on the ground, he hurt it again. So, yeah, it's, so this position is a mess, and – you know, at this point of the week, we don't know who is starting for the Rams. We don't know who is starting for the Steelers. We don't know who is starting for the Falcons. Like, you know, Arthur Smith is <laughs> – we can have a whole show about Arthur Smith. He claimed after the game that Desmond Ritter was not benched because of performance issues. So it sounds like Desmond Ritter, as long as his head's okay and they cleared him of the concussion mm-hmm. during the game, 
it sounds like he's the starter if they deem him healthy. Now they gave themselves an out because he had the head thing. Okay. But I think it's, you know, for anyone that's lost a quarterback in a super flex league, you're in trouble because we don't know where they're going to go. We don't know if, if Justin Fields is going to return, if Baden's going to make another start. Uh, people in super flex leagues, I mean, the Jimmy Garoppolo's and Zach Wilson's of the world, like that's the new reality. Yeah. Well, and, and in a super flex league or even with a quarterback too, that you have to start whatever the week is with bye weeks. And, and yesterday we were lucky. Nobody was on bye, but we're back to buys this week. And for the next four or five weeks, we've got buys. But Ray, I know it sucks. You lost a guy who was giving you 20 points, perhaps. You're not cooked if you find a guy who can get you 13 to 15 points. It it hurts. It lowers your chances of winning. But all in all, maybe you're losing five, six points a week. Now, you don't have the ceiling. And I'm not here to say, oh, hey, it's not as bad as you think. You'll, you'll be fine. No, the, the, the options we just ran through, they mostly suck. That's not to say they can't have a week where they score you 16, 17 points and you're fine. Um, so it's not all finished. Like for the Vikings are in a worse spot, I believe, than a fantasy owner is. I look at a fantasy owner, at least they have options and they don't have to give up a six round pick, you know, to maybe get a guy. Um, so, so dig deep, look around. I, I would guess, Ray, the most attractive player that anybody could get is Will Levis. He's available everywhere. He's coming off a game with four touchdowns. He is bound to start this week already. The, the Titans have pretty well indicated that he will make the start. It is a quick turnaround. Titans play on Thursday night against the Steelers. I'll also note that Will Levis and Tennessee, their next three games are all on the road. Now, they're not against brutal opponents, but again, rookies on the road is always a bit of a challenge. Ray, what do you tell somebody? Will Levis is the obvious grab. People will probably be wiping out their fab budget to get Will Levis if they lost Kirk Cousins. What do you think of what you saw yesterday and the future for him this year? Well, I saw someone on the interwebs yesterday on Twitter actually say that Will Levis rest the way as a top 10 quarterback. And so Woo! the the excitement <laughs> is real. Uh, we can say this, Malik Willis. Sorry, Malik. You're a better athlete and football player than me, but you're an inept NFL. He's It's over. Like I, now, I come on, Ray. He's better like, than Tommy DeVito, isn't okay, he? Who couldn't throw a pass for three quarters, right? <laughs> um, so it's going to be Will Levis. But here's the thing: we, we don't know, and teams are stubborn like this. The Titans and the Falcons, I think, are at the top of the list. Do we know that when Ryan Tannehill's ankle's okay, that he doesn't go back to start? Do we know that? No, uh, we don't know that. I know, but we don't know, right? And you know, it's easy. Will Levis has got a nice arm, and he showed that yesterday. It's easy to hit guys that are running 15 yards beyond defenses if you just fling the ball out there. That's it. You know, most quarterbacks in the NFL can hit guys that are wide open by 15 feet. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't have a great arm and it wasn't an impressive performance in his first start. All those things are true. And his, his data, in terms of the numbers, is vastly superior to anything we've seen from Ryan Tannehill. And I think the way the offense operated looked better than Ryan Tannehill. So all this is true. But we have the two things going against that. One, we don't know for sure that when Ryan Tannehill is healthy, he's not the starter. And two, everyone saw what he did. The third rookie ever or third player ever in his first start to get four touchdown passes. He's throwing bombs all over the field. The offense looked great. Everyone, like you said, is going to blow their budget. So if you're in a one QB league, don't do it. If you're in a two QB league, maybe you have to. If you're in a super flex league, I get it. But just be understanding that, you know, that's as good as it gets. It's going to get worse. And there's a chance he doesn't have the job. I'll, I'll note, I believe the last quarterback in his debut to throw for four touchdowns 
was also a Tennessee Titan. It was. In 2015, I just want this name to be heard, and then we can all debate, okay, what's the future mean? Marcus Mariota in 2014 had four touchdowns in his first game. Ray, he was a draft bust. Now, he's still in the league, bouncing around, but Marcus Mariota was was drafted to be a franchise quarterback. That first game, he had four touchdowns for the Titans. And and Mariota was replaced by Tannehill. (laughs) And now Tannehill may replace Will Levis. We just don't know. I I believe, Ray, I don't think you're off your rocker with the idea of Tannehill. But I kind of felt coming into the season that we would get to about this point of the year, you know, week nine, week 10, 12, whatever. And we'd see Will Levis. Totally fair. And and obviously with the injury to Tannehill, it was maybe fast forward slightly. But I, I think he's going to be the guy. Um, they, they they drafted him to be the guy. They're, they're, Ryan Tannehill is not going to be here in two years. They hope Will Levis is going to be here in two years and that he's the starting quarterback. Y- your point about his raw skills, he's got a rocket of an arm. Absolutely. He can throw the deep ball. And, and it's good to see, like, DeAndre Hopkins – no touchdowns until yesterday. No touchdowns. You know, he had about, I think it was 27 catches entering yesterday. Now all of a sudden he's on the board. Wow, it's awesome. Hell, DeAndre Hopkins had three touchdowns all of last season. So now he's he's already equaled his total of last season. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. That helps. He has Derrick Henry. That helps. I think he's got a decent tight end. He's got a, a, a football sideline that that coaching staff, Ray, kind of knows what they're doing. I think it can be okay. Like we're talking about all these other lousy quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter and Zach Wilson and, you know, Tommy DeVito. Like to me, Will Levis is ahead of all those guys, Ray, mm-hmm. just because of the raw skill set he has and the talent he's got around him. I'm not going to sit here and predict greatness. I'm with you. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. There's going to be bad throw, but you got to chance it. Like you got to make that move, I think, and just hope it's decent. You hope it's, you know, a QB2, whether it's QB2 number 16 overall or QB2 number 22 overall. I, I think you have to just close your eyes, hold your nose, and make the move for Will Levis. Well, remember, too, if you didn't actually get a chance to see the game, uh, one of the touchdowns to to DeAndre Hopkins uh, was a horrible pass. He threw it 700 miles an hour behind Hopkins, and only because Hopkins has maybe the greatest hands in football was able to snag the ball behind him and go for a touchdown. Another one of the touchdowns, I'm pretty sure, if we're being honest here, DeAndre Hopkins committed offensive pass interference. Totally. Yeah. He grabbed the defender by the shoulder right. and pulled him out of the way. Right. And then the third touchdown, he was open by 15, 20 feet. So, you know, and he only had four catches. Let's not, you know. So yeah. I'm just saying, and I have DeAndre Hopkins in multiple leagues, okay. But I'm saying that, you know, th- this four-touchdown game could have easily been a one-touchdown game or a two-touchdown game. And then we look at it differently. Uh, as long as the problem with this is that everyone sees the highlights, everyone sees the four touchdowns. We're going to hear all this talk about DeAndre Hopkins, who caught four passes. We're going to hear all this talk about, and the the price is through the moon. Like, the, and that's that's the issue. There are scenarios where you know he might be the, the, the correct pickup. You're you're talked about. The NFL has got at least a quarter, if not a third, of the quarterbacks who aren't good. Straight up, they're only starting because no one else is better. So could Will Levis be better than those seven, eight quarters? Absolutely, he could do that. There's just concerns with that, so I'm just trying to keep it real. Now throw another name out here, because he had a huge game, better game than Will Levis. I mean, this guy almost threw for 400 yards yesterday. He might be available. Not not in your two QB leagues, your super flex. But, Ray, people may have gotten frustrated and bailed on Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders. 
Um, he showed up and he showed up big against Philadelphia. Uh, mark me down as somebody who didn't see that coming. Not against the Eagles. And for whatever reason, the Commanders you know, have it figured out against Philadelphia. Nobody else does. But the Commanders know how to play against the Philadelphia Eagles. And we saw like an old-fashioned shootout on Sunday, Ray, with Washington scoring and Philadelphia scoring. Hertz and Hal combining for over 700 yards. They had eight touchdowns in total. Um, Hal had a bit of a slip up late, but he, he got Jahan Dotson involved Finally, again. Last two weeks. Um, yeah. McLaren was doing his thing, although late there were, were a couple of malfunctions, if you will. If Sam Hal's up there, he, he's above and beyond Levis. And would you feel a bit better about Sam Hal? Would is is that a budget blowout if 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 you can get Hal this week? Well, and it, hopefully everyone plays their playoffs this year, weeks 14, 15, or weeks 15, 16, 17, 18. I know some scenarios they don't. And I mentioned that because the commanders have a buy in week 14. Mm. So if your playoffs start early, and I know some setups do, I think Scott yeah, right, that's like five, six weeks from now. Who I know, I'm just, but I'm just saying, be sure if you add him that you understand that. I don't think Sam Howell's very good. I think he falls into that realm of we're talking about the eight or 10 quarterbacks that just aren't very good. Now he's producing fantasy numbers and they're letting him throw the ball 35, 45. He threw the ball 52 times yesterday. Um, they decided the commanders, much like the Vikings who we were talking about earlier, they've decided the running game isn't really working. So we're going to pass. Mm -hmm. the, the issue with Hal is the offensive line isn't great. He holds on to the ball. I mean, you watch plays, he's holding on to the ball five, six, seven seconds, and everyone's talking about the sacks and blaming the offensive line. If you hold the ball six or seven seconds, you're going to get sacked. Like, you you only had one yesterday, by the way. That was the yeah. miracle. Against an Eagles team that brings yeah. the heat, right? So, yeah, I think that Howell, if I had to go Howell or Levis, I would go with Howell because I feel more confident in his role in the offense. I feel more confident that the commanders are willing to throw the ball 40 times. I don't think the Titans ever want to do that. Uh, it, would I feel totally great about? No, I wouldn't. But again, there's a whole group of quarterbacks, like I said, a quarter to a third of the quarterbacks in this league aren't very good. And even if Hal's in that mix, if he's throwing the ball 40 times a week in an offense that wants to pass the ball, okay. I, I would say this with Hal. Um, yesterday was a shootout, and, and the commanders came with a fully loaded you know, weapon, <laughs> if you will. If you look at the next three games, they don't profile as shootouts. And I think the reason I bring that up is I think Sam Howe needs to almost be in like a renegade, let loose, open it up kind of matchup at New England, at Seattle and against the Giants. I mean, I look at those three opponents and I don't know if any of those three opponents will score 25 points against Washington. I don't know if they'll score 20. Hell, the Giants couldn't even throw for 10 yards yesterday. And, and I look at that, and that kind of lowers the how ceiling, just the game environment that he's going to be in. And so you still have to add these guys, but we're kind of giving you both sides of the issue. Sure, they can go off, but things have to set up well for them. And Sam Howell has not shown the consistency. Like, we, we've seen that enough that one week it can be like yesterday. Uh, the next week it can be like it was against Buffalo earlier in the season when they scored three points. Hell, last week against the Giants. Vanders had seven points. It was terrible. That's why yesterday was a shocker. Um, Jahan Dotson's another guy, Ray. I mentioned that, that he got involved. People had bailed on Jahan Dotson. There's a lot of people crying in their milk this morning because they left Jahan Dotson two weeks ago, or they left him a week ago and said, this ain't working. Yesterday, he explodes uh, over 100 yards, eight catches, gets a touchdown. I think in the three previous games, he had totaled eight catches. Uh, should we get back on board Dotson? I, I would still say this offense to me, 
is too up and down. They're mm-hmm. still figuring out what they want to do with the running backs and all the receivers, certainly the quarterback, what's his skill set. Dotson deserves to be on a team, but honestly, Ray, I'm looking at him and saying that's more of a, a fence wide receiver three, four, and probably more of a four than getting into the three level for the rest of the season. Yeah. And you, you know, I know that Curtis Samuel was hurt yesterday, but anytime that Jameson Crowder's catching seven passes, your offense is kind of, you know, (laughs) he went 795 and a touchdown yesterday. Uh, I think Dotson is, is fascinating. He had that, he had a solid rookie season. He was good down the stretch. He had a, a touchdown early on, and then he just vanished from the offense this year. And they finally made a concerted effort the last two weeks. I think he's got 18 targets the last two weeks, something like that. And so I think that, you know, if you're throwing the ball 40 times a week, you've got McLaurin as your one. You've got Logan Thomas involved as a tight end, but not a huge target hog. You've got Curtis Samuel involved. There's space for Dotson to be effective. Now, is he going to see 10 targets most weeks? Absolutely not. Is he going to catch eight passes? No. Is he going to go for 100 yards? No. It's going to a lot, a lot of it's likely to be about that touchdown. So I agree with you. I think he should be on a roster. Uh, I think that, you know, when you look this week, we've got Denver, Detroit, Jacksonville, and the Niners on by. So there'll be, you know, probably be a little bit of a push to get Dotson if he's on the waiver wire. Uh, but I, I don't think barring an injury to someone else, like long-term Curtis Samuels out or something happens to Terry McLaurin. I don't think that long-term Dotson profiles as anyone other than really a bi-week fill-in at the moment. Uh, but there is potential here. He's a very nice talent who's, you know, flashed when given the opportunity and they're finally making him part of their offense again. 69 total points between the commanders and the Eagles. Uh, Eagles win at 38-31. Um, of note, more great A.J. Brown. Uh, make it six consecutive games over 125 yards. I was looking at this yesterday, Ray. Um, he is now averaging, I think, about seven and a half catches per game. He's never been above 5.2. Um, he is on pace for like 130 catches this season. He's never been to 90. He has been good, but Ray, this year, A.J. Brown is downright great. And some of the catches he's coming up with, and I guess, I guess you say, oh, well, he's got health. He does have health. He's got a quarterback. He appears to be comfortable. Um, A.J. Brown has been stellar. I mean, I don't know how often we'd say, oh, best receivers in football. He was kind of on the outside of the Diggs and Jefferson crew and, and those guys, Tyree Kill even. But this year, he's right to the top. I, I mean, he's been dynamite, and this run he is on with 125 yards week after week. After, it, it's unheard of. It's never happened in NFL history. Happened, what is it, 63-64? Is it Lenny Moore or someone back before the – I think he tied his record back before the, the NFL and AFL combined. But, you know, I mean, I, I can't get out of my head because we've seen it 7 trillion times, the stupid one-handed catch of Odell Beckham, right, over and over has anyone watched AJ Brown? He's one-handed. Did you see that catch he made yesterday on that touchdown? He caught the ball, fell one-handed, landed on his knees. Like that dude is a baller. It's funny with that catch by Beckham, right? What is that now? Been 10, 10 years around. Like that seemed to kind of be the first of its kind. And it's still pretty incredible. I'm not knocking it. But you're right, Ray. We see like that kind of catch every week now in yeah. the NFL. It's crazy. Bobo two weeks ago in the corner of the end zone, that catch he made. Like, my God. And so yeah. A.J. Brown, you know, former baseball player. Uh, A.J. Brown is a phenomenal athlete. And rem- remember this, too. This is how this works sometimes, right? He wasn't utilized, and he was pissed. And he came out and said, give me the damn football. He came out publicly and said, give me the damn football. And what's happened? They started getting him the damn football, and it's worked. <laughs> I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's really not that complicated. A.J. Brown is a monster to defend. 
He's great in the open field. He's got great hands, body control. He's got all the pieces there. And even, even during this run, I think the impressive thing is he's not getting 15 targets a week. He's not getting the digs or cup, you know, volume. He's doing this a lot of times, eight to 10 targets. Uh, he's just phenomenal. And I think it was finally good to see. And it was an outlier game because, you know, 319 passing yards, 38 points. But it was great to see Devonta Smith show up again. He had seven catches for 99 yards and a touchdown because as Brown has gone up, Smith has really seen his value receive. I think the number I saw, those two guys combined had 15 targets. They caught all 15. It was 15 for 15, Jalen Hurts targeting Brown and Smith. That leads us to Miami, Ray, where they've also got a dynamic duo, uh, Hill and Waddle. Both those guys were over 100 yards yesterday as the Dolphins defeat the Patriots. Uh, worth noting that coming into that game yesterday, the Patriots this entire year had not allowed a 100-yard receiver. They give up two of them on Sunday against the Dolphins. And, Ray, we celebrate A.J. Brown for history. Let's celebrate Tyreek Hill for history. The dude's already over 1,000 yards at week eight. I, I believe that's never been done by any wide receiver over a thousand yards through the first eight weeks of the season. And um, he keeps doing it like, like every week you, you say, well, he's not going to have another huge play. Yeah. He's going to have another huge play every week. Ray, this guy is just burning up the charts of 30, 35, 40, 45 yard catches. He's hot, man. He's hot. He, he was supposed to be injured Ray and he's mm -hmm. still racking up eight catches and over a hundred yards yesterday. Yeah. Before the merger and before the Super Bowl era, three guys actually, Got to a thousand. I think one of them was Don Houston. Like someone did it in the 30s, the 40s, 50s, 60s, something, 30, 40s, 50s, something like that. But since, yeah, since the Super Bowl era, you're right with, with Tyreek Hill. And, you know, it's really, I, I watch this offense and I see it in San Francisco, right? Because McDaniels came from San Francisco and all that. And I obviously picked up some of the stuff with Shanahan and the Niners. And I, you know, and they talked about it a lot in the broadcast yesterday. Tua Tungavaloa takes a drop, makes a read, makes a read, throws the ball. And he throws it to spaces, just like Brock Purdy does when it's going well in the Niners. It's great. When it's going poorly, like we saw yesterday, it's a mess. But all Tua does is run back, make a read, make a read, throw the ball to his space, and Waddle runs and gets it. Hill runs and gets it. Cedric mm. Wilson's open. Like, they're just they're – cross, everything's crossers and motion, and the defenses just can't figure it out. And as a result, even when, you know, nothing's really happening – like it's happening and you look up and here's like you're saying each guy had seven catches for hundred plus yards and a touchdown yesterday, Waddle and Hill both. And I, I think the only issue with Tyree kills is he stay on the field. Um, Cause he's always, he's constantly leaving games with cramps and all these kind of things. And mm -hmm. there's off the field concept. There's always been concerns there, but he's on his way to a historic season. But remember Justin Jefferson was on his way to a historic season last year. In the last two weeks, he had like four catches for 53 yards or something like that. Mm -hmm. So let's hope that he can get there, but the two of them and that offense continue to roll. You talk about the constant movement, guys slanting. That is one hugely attractive feature of this offense. And it is scheme is they get the guy catching the ball going in one direction and everybody else is going in the other direction. So it opens up the field when that guy catches the ball. And, and Hill already is over 380 yards in yak this year. And, and he's always been a yak guy. But to put it in perspective, last season, Tyreek Hill played every game. Tyreek Hill had a really good season. He was in this offense. He had big plays, all that. The entire year in 2022, he finished with 482 in Yak. He's at 382 already. We're like halfway through the season, less than. He's at <laughs> 2.7 yards a catch. 
Almost three full yards to catch after, yeah, compared to last season. And last year was a phenomenal year. He is tearing it up. Dolphins looking good. And, hey, the Dolphins can be slowed down. They can. They're not unstoppable. They're not this greatest offense in the, the history of the NFL. But when they get the play and they nail the play, it hurts. It hurts a defense. And, and they just have these talents who are able. You give them a sliver and they take a mile. That, that's what they have done this season. Um, moving along, Ray, let's talk about the man who I uh, profiled earlier and I said he is Mr. 20 Touches. And if you had said, Kyle, uh, back in September, who, who's a guy who's going to be 20 touches every single game? Every game he plays this year, he'll be 20 touches. Ray, I would have never said Alvin Kamara. Yet here we are. And, and I realize he didn't play the first three weeks. But, Ray, since he has returned every single game, this is now five for five, Alvin Kamara is 20 or more touches. It's It's fascinating. And I get it. It's 12 catches or 13 catches, and that's maybe a, a cheap way to get, but it's 20 touches. And Ray, if you have Alvin Kamara in a PPR setup, the touchdowns are great. He had two of them yesterday against Indianapolis, but he is turning back the clock, and I'm shocked by it. I, I was pretty well out. The three-game suspension turned me off, and then it's like, well, this offense isn't going to be any good. And really, this offense is not. Yesterday was a, a total off-the-curve kind of effort by New Orleans. I mean, they're not a 40-point offense. They aren't a 500-yard-per-game a offense. They did that against the Colts. Camara every game, whether good or not for the offense, Ray, work, 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 work. It's kind of astounding to watch. Yeah, ripping it off at 3.7 yards of carry, Mark. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, by the way, the last time his mark was 4.1, which is basically average, was 2020. Like, mm. I think that's the fascinating thing. You're right there. It's we know he's going to be involved as a passer and we're seeing some absurd numbers there as a pass catcher. I mean, he's had multiple games this year, multiple games this year with 14 targets coming into game action yesterday. He led football in catches per game. Not yeah. not Kelsey, not Hill. It was freaking Kamara. And, you know, he, he's had the last three games, 19, 17, 17 carries. He has not run for 70 yards in any of those three games. So it's mm. it's volume, 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 touchdown, volume, 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 touchdown, and then the pass catching. And it, it's I mean, he he had 60% of his snaps yesterday. He either got a handoff or a target. 60%. He came into the game under 50. So it was even higher yesterday than normal. Uh, I don't know how long an offense can do this, especially when we're as we're talking, they're not having much success on the ground with him. We've seen Jamal Williams start to see his role grow a little bit. They've got Kendra Miller there too. But right now, like you said, and something we've talked about since we started doing a show together 14 years ago or whatever it was, you give me 15-plus touches, I'm interested. You give me 20-plus yeah. touches, that guy's in my lineup every week, and it doesn't matter what that what happens beyond that. Well, the total other end of the spectrum, Ray, is his teammate Taysom Hill, where it's, I don't know, six carries a game and a few snaps here or there. Yesterday he had two touchdowns. Uh, there's a little Taysom Hill excitement in the air. This happens, by the way, two times a year. I, I, I thought it was wild, Ray. I was looking at Hill. He's got three touchdowns this year. All three of them are rushing. Uh, yet to throw a touchdown, yet to catch a touchdown. Last season, he totaled 11 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Rushing, receiving, and passing. So I, I bring that up, Ray, because he had 11 last year, which if he could predict it, you'd love it. This year, he's at three. It, it, Taysom Hill, you and I traditionally, who cares? Now, if you got to have a tight end and some people are running, I, I guess it's fine. But you just need to understand what his role is here. I mean, you're getting 
what do you think, Ray? Eight play calls a game for Taysom Hill is kind of what you're looking at with the Saints where they tell the defense, hey, here comes Hill. And yesterday it was great. I mean, look good. Two touchdowns. Who doesn't like that? Um, and you almost have to use him as a tight end if he's available as a tight end. And we're at the point now, I don't even know how many leagues he's available anymore as a tight end. But but I just think it's more smoke, more mirrors. I'm not going to care about Taysom Hill. What about you? It's tough because Jimmy Graham missed the game yesterday. Not that Jimmy Graham's a fantasy thing, but he missed the game yesterday uh, with an illness. Jawan Johnson just got back from injuries, so they're going to want to get him back in the offense. I mean, I, I find this fascinating. If you're Derek Carr and you basically got run out of you know Las Vegas and you sign a four-year $150 million deal or whatever with the Saints, are you cool with losing snaps to Taysom Hill? I mean, I guess that's what they do. Yeah. Um, Taysom Hill, to answer your question directly, teams are on buys. Guys are hurt. Zach Ertz is down. Dawson Knox is down. Taysom Hill is absolutely within the realm of a starter every week. Now, you would say that and be like, well, Ray, what happens on the week where he scores 3.2 points? Oh, those are coming. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no doubt that's coming. But that's the tight end position. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I see all the time. They, they oh, the tight end position sucks. It sucks. Yes, it sucks. We told you back in June it was going to suck. If you didn't want the position to suck, you should have drafted Kelsey or Andrews or Ingram. You should have taken mm-hmm. one of these guys because this is what the position is. And because the position is so bad, I think that Taysom Hill, someone I don't like, someone I don't have on any team, someone I'm not really interested in, I think he has to be considered a weekly starter because his ceiling is higher than most of these guys and his floor isn't much lower. You know, it's interesting with the tight end thing, Ray, and, and I'm not saying it's it's it doesn't suck. I think it's actually fine, though. Like, even yesterday, I'm scrambling because of this Gerald Everett news. Mm-hmm. And and I'm in a league. I think it's like a 14-teamer, and we have two flexes in addition to the tight end. And and so all of a sudden, you know, my team's been scrambled like everybody's team. You have injuries here, IR stints here. And so you, my roster looks like crap. Some uh, Somehow I'm going to be five and three, but the roster looks like crap. And yet I'm still going to the waiver wire yesterday, Ray, and, and I'm buying Tyler Higby. Um, earlier this last week, you know, Trey McBride's out there. Now I, I missed out on McBride by a damn dollar. It pissed me off because then he, he has like this epic week. It would have won me, you know, I bid on him in two leagues and, and one I missed by multiple dollars, but one was by a single buck That's and, and it really ticked me off. But like Higby, and I'm not saying, oh, uh, you know, Tyler Higby's going to have six, seven catches a week. I think there are ways to manage your way through the tight ends, you know, and, and Evan Ingram owners have been fine this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of look at the waiver wire. People get upset so quickly with tight ends and they bail on them and they dump them. And I, I find that the churn at the position is constant. And usually all of these guys, one out of every three or four games are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you want to catch them after they've already had two or three bad games because they're just due. And, and I, you know, it's kind of like playing defensive bingo and I don't think it's for everybody, but I'm doing fine at that position without, and it takes managing and it's kind of a pain every week to dig through numbers. But I I think the position is survivable. It's still not great, but you can kind of manage your way through the tight ends. I feel. Well, I think it's, it's really interesting because I, and people can follow me on Twitter X, Instagram threads and YouTube at the Ray flowers. And if people go to my YouTube page at the Ray Flowers, you'll see a video. I did like a four minute video on the tight end position. And there's a bunch of numbers in there, which is why I'm referencing it. Basically saying what Kyle is saying here, that don't carry two tight ends because they're all the same. Once you get past the first four guys, tight end six to tight ends 18 is like a two point yeah. difference. There's no difference. 
that one week, all those guys and that whole, that entire range of 10 tight ends, one week they're scoring two points, one week they're scoring 14. It's just mm-hmm. how it is. And I, I think the name Dalton Schultz in particular, because Dalton Schultz was somewhere high on a fantasy guru. And I probably, I mean, legitimately got 150, 200 questions about people, Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz. Dalton. Everyone dropped Dalton Schultz. Then what did he do? Touchdown, yeah. touchdown, touchdown. Then, then everyone picked him up. <laughs> yeah, then everyone picked him up. And yesterday he stopped. And that's to your point, you know, people want to time the market, right? Mm-hmm. When we're talking investing in stock market, people try to time the tight end thing and it really doesn't work. And I said it in that video. I said it with you before the season began and I'll reiterate it here. You got to just pick someone and stick. You can try to play the game of, oh, I'm, you know, this guy's trending up in workload. He's seeing more routes. He's seeing more targets. This guy got hurt. Like McBride's a perfect example. When an opportunity presents itself, that's different, right? Zach Hurts goes down. Here comes Trey McBride. But the majority of the time, this is people chasing production that they're not likely to see in the short term from that guy. And that leads mm-hmm. you into a bunch of troublesome spots. Well, and and even the greats, Ray, go through a bit of this. Like last week, Travis Kelsey smoked the field. He had a huge game. And then against Denver, he's not even top 10 at tight end. Well, that wasn't there, Kyle. You know that. Well, uh, yeah, if we could just get her travel schedule, we'd have all this figured <laughs> out, which I right. think next week, by the way, uh, Kansas City's in Frankfurt, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, game of the year is in Germany next week. Uh, Great. Yeah. Dolphins. Jeff Manns has railed about that before. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think Taylor Swift begins her European tour the next day. Uh-oh. So she should be in Germany, Ray, which means okay. a big Chelsea game. Fire them up. Showing out for the ladies. Um, but like even George Kittle. You know, George Kittle's been all over the place this Absolutely. year. Yeah. Uh, yesterday he was on 10 catches. He was just about the only 49er on, although uh, we got to give it up for Christian McCaffrey. Like th- this Niners offense scored 17 points. They didn't look good. McCaffrey still had almost 120 yards and two touchdowns. Like it's pretty amazing how, how strong he was. Let's talk about that game a bit, Ray. You're there in the Bay Area. Yep. Um, the, the sky is falling for San Francisco, three straight losses. I, I was actually more interested in what Cincinnati did. Because I, I have not been impressed at all. Even though it's gotten better, it still wasn't there for the Bengals when I looked at them. Yesterday it was there, and it came against the 49ers defense. And they were coming off the bye week. Uh, Joe Burrow looked Joe Burrow-like. E- even though he'd been playing better, he was not Joe Burrow-like. Yesterday, to me, was the first time I looked at him and the Bengals and said, that's Joe Burrow. And yesterday, to me, Joe Mixon, it looked like he was getting shot out of a cannon. Most of the day, like it was, I didn't, where did this come from? Because he he looked like Najee Harris in the previous four weeks. Then all of a sudden he he explodes and it's like prime Emmett Smith. I I was really impressed with the Bengals. Um, That bye week I felt did them wonders. As long as these guys stay healthy, uh, you know, buy your shares at Joe Burrow. You should be fine the rest of the way. It was rough for the first five weeks. Like even though the Bengals started to win, his numbers weren't there. Yesterday, Ray, you can't complain this at, at all. 283, three touchdowns, no picks. Dominating effort by him in that Bengals offense. Yeah, he's from California, Bay Area-ish, and I guess his old coach was there. That must have been why. No. Or maybe it was because Ted Taylor Schuster. Swift. Yes, that's exactly. His Taylor Swift, right? Uh, maybe it's because Jeff Manns and Ted Schuster were so pro Burrow, Chase, and Mixon this week and talked all about him in the you know, DFS space. But, you know, it's tough because – we, we've gone over this a lot, and I don't want to – you can't do victory laps for a Bengals team that's been disappointing to date. They're 4-3. and three, They're in the playoff hunt. But the fantasy production minus Jamar Chase has kind of been disappointing, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the offense. This is why we were – you know, Burrow was our fourth-ranked quarterback when the year began or whatever it was. This is why Chase was our number one wide receiver. 
This is why you don't give up on a guy that's getting the ball 15 times a week like Joe Mixon, even if they're not doing much. We saw it all yesterday against a good Niners team and a good defense. When the Bengals are right, they're one of the best offenses in football, period. They just haven't been right. They got a bye week. They got some rest. They got some time to look at tape and figure things out. And they came out. And Joe Burrow, I mean, he had 19 passes in a row yesterday. And not only did he hit 19 passes, he had six carries for 43 yards. His leg is no longer an issue. Yeah, he was running in that game. Yeah, (laughs) and he's he's firing the hand for first down. It's on, right? This this Bengals team that we saw yesterday, get ready, because that's what we're going to get the rest of the season. I think they finally found their footing after that slow start. Yeah, slow start. I mean, three points, 24-19-3. Then the last three weeks, 34-17 and 31. Uh, Next week, they're up against the Bills. Um, so, So we'll see. And that's a home game. Uh, Bills are on another offense trying to find their legs. Uh, Cincinnati's moved up. The Bills trying to catch up with them. That'll be a fun one come week nine. Uh, Ray looking ahead uh, elsewhere on Sunday. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys just obliterating the Rams. We talked about the injury to Stafford. Kind of weird to see both Nakua and Cup so quiet, especially in a blowout. You think, okay, there's going to be a load of passes. These guys are going to get six, seven catches just because they're going to throw. Nah, didn't happen. Second straight bad game. For Cooper Cup, uh, Nakua's been low in two of the last three. I still feel fine about those guys, but it was just kind of, uh, you know, head scratching to see both of them so quiet. On the Dallas side, Ray, this will be a week where, oh, the Cowboys are back. Wow, look at all that talent when they're when they're on. The Cowboys are as good as can be. Forty three points against the Rams. I'm not going to say most of it, but the defense stepped up and, and had a big hand in scoring their points. Mm-hmm. But Dak Prescott, who's been really quiet, Dak Prescott, who's kind of fallen off the, the QB1 radar, Ray 304 and four touchdowns, mm-hmm. and C.D. Lamb got going. I'm not going to sit here, though, and say that means a whole lot. We, we see this again from Dallas. You know, they, they're this traditional team that when they're hot, it's like, wow, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender. And they haven't been to the Super Bowl in 30 years. Okay, but every year, every single year, we hear, oh, they're a Super Bowl contender, but they never get there. They always, and it's because they just can't sustain the offense. Ray, it was great yesterday, but again, I, I don't think it changes what I think of Prescott. It doesn't change what I think of Lamb. This is still going to be an offense that is good or fine, but they're not really as explosive as people think or hope they can be when you look at the Cowboys. I think. They have the pieces to potentially be, but I think they look at it, you know, coaching staff-wise and certainly Mike McCarthy. They look at that defense that you referenced, and they know that that's a winning group. And so they're much more likely to play conservative offensive scheme, which is Mike McCarthy anyway, than to really open things up. And I think you can just look at CeeDee Lamb, you know, just as a prime example of this. CeeDee Lamb is a baller. We all know, everyone in the world knows that he's a baller. Get him the football. And look at this. He had 14 targets yesterday. He had another game with 13. The other games he's played this year, here are his target totals. Not his catch totals, his target totals. Seven, seven, six, five, four. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you throwing the ball to Brandon Cooks and Turpin and Gallup and all? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Throw the ball 10 times a week to freaking the best receiver you got, who's one of the best receivers in football. They don't do that. And so that's concerning to me. Like you said, you know, we see, you know, glowing efforts and performances and all that. But eh. and then you look at the rushing attack, too. And Tony Pollard started really hot. Yeah. And, you know, the workload was, cat- you know, stratospheric. He's right there, you know, with, with CMC for workload and touches. And all I, that. I got the numbers. I'm glad. Okay. First, first three games this year, 62 carries. 
And I remember looking at that. I was like, man, is Tony Pollard going to be able to, to sustain this pace? Because he's never been anywhere near this guy that. who couldn't play 60% of the snaps. The last four games. Remember, wow. 62 carries in three games. He's got 46 in the last four. Um, now, luckily, Ray, he's sustained with some pass receptions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's helped him. I think he's got about 175 yards. But it speaks to your point. They, they've... They they had they could not keep it up with Pollard and and I know they wanted to run the football but they don't really have the guys to run it as much as they want they they need okay run use Pollard all that but they need to be targeting Lamb ten to fourteen times a week there should be no question about getting him that many targets a week hundred percent and they they don't do it and that's that's what I'm saying I mean Tyron Smith is is you know he's a big loss on the offensive line right. Um, he's got the neck issue and stuff. So, you know, getting him back will help, I think, stabilize the, the, the offense a little bit. But the fact is that those last four games for Paul, he's averaging three and a half yards of carry. And I think coming into the season, the big concern that, you know, you had, or you should have had with Pollard is that, you know, not that the Cowboys want to go with him or have him be a focal part of this offense, but the dude would tap out of games last year as a support back. Mm-hmm. Like he'd have a 30 yard run and he'd be on the sideline for the next three plays. Like, and with, with that huge workload at the start, like, I don't know if he's hit a wall or whatever, but he's not progressed to the point where he's kind of in that Joe Mixon zone, really, right? It's like he, the volume is there and he's catching passes and okay, and we're still starting him and all that. But I just think the offense, because of the lack of success on the ground, because of the lack of or the diversification of the offense, which they think is a good thing. I don't really think it is. I think it's, like you said, it's a good offense. There are great moments, but it's just a good offense. Got a few more minutes here. Ryan Clifford is uh, going to join us, talk about that Monday nighter in just a few. Uh, Ray, got to talk about the Chiefs. Um, I consider it a one-off. You know, what they what they put forth against Denver. Um, and obviously, you can point to Patrick Mahomes and say, oh, he was sick. And, you know, it was a very cold day, all this typical stuff, you know. I, I just consider it a bad day at the office for the Chiefs. A lot of people, though, are now saying, well, well, look, look at these receivers. How, how Where have you been Patrick the last Mahomes? two years? Yeah, <laughs> they're the same dudes. It's the same dudes for two years receivers. now. I, I get it. You know, it, Sky Moore has a pass go right through his mitts. I mean, it's pathetic. He can't catch, uh, by the he way. Can't he can't catch. He can't catch. And, and maybe, Ray, they are a little weaker than they have been. You know, you don't have as many of the vets around. But – does it mean they can't win? Like these grand overarching statements of all oh, that the Chiefs can't be Pat Mahomes. He still has Kelsey, Pacheco, all these same guys. They're not as explosive as many people would like to see. But Ray, in terms of like, what's it mean for Patrick Mahomes? And the, he'll, he'll still be a top three QB. Like, I don't really care what we saw yesterday against the Denver Broncos. Well, I think that, you know, clear. I'll blame the illness a little bit. I'll blame yeah, the down game a little fine. bit. You know, yeah, he, yeah that's and that, those games happen, and it happened when you have an MVP season. It happens. No one goes three hundred and three every week. Okay, so okay. Um, they and I, I said this all preseason. The you know they didn't have they starting this year didn't have a returning receiver with fifty catches. Their leading wide receiver in catches was Juju Smith Schuster, and he was out. Um, they don't they don't have anyone. They don't have anyone. We were hoping that Tony would take a step forward. He hasn't. We're hoping more would take a step forward. He hasn't. Marcus Valdez-Scantling's got no step to take forward. He is what he is. You know, Justin Watson is what he is. Justin Ross has got the problems away from the field. How, so how about Rasheed Rice? I know he's everybody's darling right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, they brought back McCole Hardman because things are so bad. Um, Rasheed Rice is on my dynasty team. 
Um, Rasheed Rice is a really good looking player and he's the hope. Now, the problem is, I think, in this offense and the way they're operating it, that efforts like yesterday that he, you know, what do you have, five catches, four catches, 56 yards. That's very much like Juju Smith-Schuster last year when he was the top wide receiver, that level of production. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will make it work. Like you said, no panic. No one should be freaking out. Okay. Denver's played like ass to date. But they're a much better team, talent-wise, coaching-wise, and they've shown. They played a good game yesterday. But I think that Rasheed Rice is someone that, obviously, he's not on the waiver wire. He's got the potential to be a wide receiver three the rest of the way. I think that's very legit. But they continue to spread the ball around. It's really Travis Kelsey or bust most weeks in the passing attack. That's just how it is. Well, we talk about Sky Moore. He dropped the touchdown. Rasheed Rice had a terrible drop, too, in the middle of the football field. So... You know, it, it, nobody is a hit every week, um, and the Chiefs were not a hit on Sunday. Um, worth noting, Russell Wilson had three touchdown passes. He only completed 12 passes the whole game. <laughs> so Russell Wilson kind of becoming a, a dink and dunker at this point in his career. Uh, one last game, and, and I saved it till the end before we uh, talk Monday Night Football. Uh, Giants-Jets, Ray. Oh, my God. But what a dump. We really want to talk about this. This is how we're going out. Yeah, quick, okay. quick, I guess. Okay. Uh, well, Brees Hall had an awesome catch and run. I love that. Then he did nothing the rest of the game, which is understandable. Um, Saquon Barkley, big boy, big boy game for Saquon. 36 carries plus three receptions. So, so he stood up after that, Ray, just diabolical. Well, I'll give Garrett Will. Garrett Wilson had his first 100 yard receiving effort of the year, which is a miracle working with Zach Wilson. It's a miracle. Kind of like the Jets winning that game. I, I Ray, it's it's just the, the fact that the Jets can even think about the playoffs and, and that the Giants were a playoff team. Like, how quickly? They, I mean, these were two awful teams. I mean, it, it was just bad football all around. 23 total points. We had 24 total punts. More punts yeah. than points in that game, Ray. Yeah, I think the announcer at the end said something like, a great end to one of the worst games ever. It was something <laughs> something like that. They had 15 punts in the first half, which is the most punts in the first half of a football game since 2000. <laughs> decades. Um, the Giants suck. The Jets suck. I mean, that's just they, they're, their offense are terrible. Uh, I, I, it'll be fascinating to see if the Jets really are in contention and Aaron Rodgers actually gets healthy if they make the move to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, hey, kid, thanks for taking us to 9-7, and seven, but here comes Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. Um, but it's just, oh, he's not taking him to nine and seven, Ray. They're four and three. I'm just saying. Mac Wilson was absolutely atrocious for 97% yeah. of that game, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah, he and Zach Wilson. I'm not going to compare sacks near the end of that game before the like explosive. <laughs> taking sacks on fourth down at yeah. his own 26. All he has to throw it anywhere. Yeah. Even if they get an interception, it's a bonus. If it's an incompletion, it's a bonus. Hell, you might get P.I. called. Yep. Yet, Ray, he's holding on to the football and getting sacked at his own 26. Yeah, and he could flip his wrist and throw it 50 yards. He's got a cannon for an arm. And so, yeah, he's te he's terrible. And he has not progressed. <laughs> he's And it's just, you know, he's just really bad. And the Giants, you know, they're down to the veto. He's their third string guy, whatever. The Giants did, by the way, announce that Daniel Jones should return from his neck issue this week. So I yeah, guess they have a chance. In that timetable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? All of a sudden, woo-woo! They have a chance, I guess, now offensively. But, yeah, the Giants won all those close games last year. It's gone the exact opposite direction for them this year. That was a terrible football game to watch. <laughs> and really, you know, you, like you said, 
Darren Waller finally got hurt. We knew that was coming. So don't, no yeah. one complained about Darren Waller getting hurt. It's Saquon Barkley on that side. It's Garrett Wilson on the other side. That's about – oh, and Bryce Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall. So there's yeah. three guys of those two teams, and that's about <laughs> it in the fantasy space. Uh, the Giants might have become the first NFL team after watching Tommy DeVito yesterday to, like, say – Dan, and, and they might this Sunday. I don't know. But, Ray, I could actually see Daniel Jones being forced under the football field wearing a neck brace. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't DeVito go, like, 25 minutes without throwing a pass? Like it was something it was absurd. So I mean, guys wear knee braces. Why can't they wear neck braces out there? I don't know. They might try it. Still better than Tommy DeVito. I mean, Danny DeVito would have been an upgrade under center. <laughs> Could you imagine the tush push with Danny DeVito? Oh, That's boy. what I want to see. Danny DeVito. Okay, enough of that. Uh, we actually have qualified quarterbacks later tonight with the Detroit Lions playing host to the Vegas Raiders. Now we have never done this before on fantasy sports daily after it's our, it's our first show ever. Uh, but I think we got Ryan Clifford who is waiting in the green room. Ray, you're the tech guy. See if you can br look at him. Look at Ray flowers and look at Ryan Clifford. Wow. We're not as idiotic as we seem. Hey guys. All three of us. How are you hey, doing man. Ryan? Good to see you, man. Yeah. Good to be on. Um, okay. We're hoping that we don't see anything like Tommy DeVito tonight. That's the hope. We, we just want to see some good football. I, I would suppose from the DFS perspective, and we should note, Ryan's got a column every showdown. Uh, column's going to be up later talking about the Lions, talking about the Raiders in this game. Um, I would suspect, Ryan, all the hoopla, all the ownership is on the Lions side. Um, as somebody who looks at showdown slates and plays, when you suspect it's going in one direction, how should a DFS player kind of handle that? Do they follow the crowd and look for differentials within that team? Or do they maybe go against the crowd if they're going for the big prize tonight? Yeah, so with Showdown, like I always say, you want the highest scoring player as your captain. Uh, that's not the place to get cute um, because generally it's pretty predictable, you know, the type of players that are going to be the highest scoring on the slate. So, um, yeah, you're going to get the Jameer Gibbs. You're going to get the Amon Ross St. Brown. You're going to get Jared Goff in captain, which I don't think is a very good pick, but um, – but on the other side, you've got Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, both big names as well. So I think that you'll see a lot of ownership on the Raiders as far as captains go. And um, in flex, it's definitely going to be Lions heavy with this uh, spread tonight. Ryan, we've we've got a new audience here. I don't know how many of it's carryover from fantasyguru.com, how many random people just clicked on it because they saw it on YouTube or whatever. So I'm going to ask you, you mentioned captain. Let's act like someone doesn't really know what DFS is and they hear this term captain. Explain to the, the listeners what that means when you said that. Yeah, so draft, you know, I, I'm DraftKings centric. FanDuel does it too. I think theirs is called MVP. But basically, it's a showdown, one game, single game contest. Uh, the captain is going to score you one and a half uh, times his fantasy points for the slate. So you're going to pick the captain that you think is going to score the most points because he's going to get you extra points and then fill in your flex spots with guys that will, you know, get your get your standard fantasy points there. Well, and you mentioned neither of the quarterbacks are all that exciting from a captain perspective. People may go in that direction, but you kind of mentioned St. Brown. Um, you mentioned Adams. Jameer Gibbs is way down the price chart here. I mean, just to compare, Amaro St. Brown is almost 17K if you make him as captain. Gibbs is under 13. I mean, that, that's a lot of cost savings between those two. Um, which way do you lean between those two when you factor in the cost that, that, that you uh, have to pay? Yeah, Jameer Gibbs is my top captain on the slate for sure, like by a long shot. 
tonight, especially with the price. But uh, Dan Campbell came out before last week's game, said Gibbs was going to get a, a lion's share of the work there in the backfield. He played 85% of the offensive snaps for the Lions. Uh, David Montgomery's out again. So you've got Craig Reynolds. They're probably going to call someone up from the practice squad today. But, you know, Gibbs is in, in line for a lot of work again tonight. Talking to Ryan Clifford here at a little DFS showdown Monday Night Football here on Fantasy Sports Daily. And, you know, Ryan, we, we just talked about you just talked about Jameer Gibbs. He's at 12-9 and Josh Jacobs is at 12-6 over at DraftKings. Talk us a little bit about Jacobs because Kyle needs a big F for him in a seasonal league tonight. But <laughs> I've needed uh, big efforts all season, right? And I haven't gotten yeah. him. That's the problem. Yeah, he was a monster last year. Led the league in rushing, almost 100 yards a game and all that. And it just hasn't happened this year for him. Still getting a ton of work. Still dominating touches out of their backfield. What are your thoughts with Jacobs tonight against the Lions? Yeah, so Jacobs been been heating up a little bit compared to the first couple of games of the season. Um, it's a tough one tonight. The Lions have the second rated run defense in the league. They're allowing just 56 yards per game to opposing running backs. Uh, that trails only the Eagles in the NFL. So, Kyle, I think you might be in trouble tonight. This uh, looks like a really, really tough matchup. I've already chalked up a nail on line. my team. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I've already uh, given myself the L this week. Some other uh, leagues I've got a chance to win tonight, but but not that one. Uh, want to talk about the Raiders receivers. Um, I'm not going to say there's been a changing of the guard. I don't think anybody's going to say that. Devontae Adams is still the name. But you can't deny Jacoby Myers and, and what we've seen lately. As flex plays, Myers is about two grand less than Devontae Adams. Um, is, is that a bargain or is that fool's gold uh, saving the money and maybe going with Myers over Adams? Yeah, I mean, this may be a hot take, but, you know, my projections, I've got Jacoby Myers graded higher than Devontae Adams tonight um, based on, you know, Adams has been not really playing. I think he played 70, 75% of the snaps last week. Um, Jacoby Myers is in there just about every play. Uh, you know, pretty much every team this season has been double teaming Adams and pretty much just taking him out of the game. Uh, we had, you know, the squeaky wheel situation where he kind of uh, moaned a little bit uh, throughout the week and was force fed the ball there on the first drive when they've got all the scripted plays. And after that, they kind of just looked elsewhere for the rest of the game. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, Jacoby Myers, again, with the price factored in with ownership factored in, I think Jacoby Myers is my, uh, preferred play over Adams tonight. As we speak at uh, this very moment, article is up. The Monday night showdown write-up is available at fantasyguru.com. Uh, so do check that out. All sorts of things that Ryan has in that column each and every week. I always specifically mention kind of the uh, rules of winning, if you will. Uh, Ryan has crunched the numbers over all the years on showdown slates and kind of figuring out, hey, winning lineups usually have this. They don't have this. So there's all these rules to at least give you an edge as you're building your lineup. Uh, predictions, all that's in there. One last thing, and then we'll let you run, Ryan. Uh, we always love like the, the $200 punt, the $500 punt. Um, anybody from either of these two sides that uh, you'll be sticking as maybe that final flex in a lot of your lineups tonight? Yeah, Trey Tucker from the Raiders is a guy that they're, they've been getting way more involved in the offense. Um, a rookie, he's $900, so you know definitely classifies as punt territory on showdown tonight. Played 50% of the snaps last week. Um, has a ton of speed, uh, so I, I look for him you know, possibly to uh, break off a, a long play and give you that upside that you need for GPPs. 8-15 kickoff, uh, forward field tonight. Again, column up, Discord, 
want to promote Discord, Ryan and the rest of the guys, they all play the Showdown Slate. Uh, they're going to be in there to help you throughout the day, afternoon, into the evening. If there are any surprises with the actives and inactives, you can find them in Discord. You can get live advice right there. It's always available. Uh, no matter the sport, no matter the slate, uh, those guys will help you. Uh, Ryan, thanks for being the guinea pig, man. I don't think we've ever had a better one. Uh, Ray, right? I mean, it worked hey, perfectly. Video looks good. Audio sounds good. And he's got a beard. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. He looks good. We, we, we look like a couple of bums, but Ryan looks good. He's ready to go on a Monday. Uh, Ryan, thanks again, man. Great to have you on. Thanks for uh, jumping on board and helping us out here. And we'll talk soon, okay? Sounds great. Take care. Ryan Clifford joining us again. He does all those showdown write-ups. Does a ton with the NHL, too. So Ryan's kind of a busy guy at this juncture of the season. In fact, um, everybody's pretty busy over there, Ray. I mean, because all of the sports are combining and blowing up together. The NHL, the NBA, uh, obviously the NFL. It's crazy times. College football. Mm -hmm. the, the only thing we really don't have a ton on, Ray, I guess, would be baseball. Uh, because a World Series is going on, but I don't know how many people really play like DFS showdown when the World Series is yeah. going on. I'm still trickling out some articles in the seasonal side of things, but yeah, the DFS part is a, is a little, it's a little thin right now. Uh, but I encourage anyone to go to fantasyguru.com. Uh, you know, join now tab in the top right if you're not already a member. And like you said, all the sports are there. You can sign in for the MVP package, the All In, where you get everything we cover. Uh, you can sign up individually for sports. You can get seasonal access. You can get DFS access. Obviously, basketball and hockey are just getting going. We've got football in full swing, you know, NASCAR. Uh, we've got what soccer. We've got we got a little college, like you said there. So a whole series of of potential, you know, signing points for people if they want to get involved. But uh, that all in package is a great deal because you get everything we offer, uh, and you can use the promo code, I guess, Radio Twenty for now. I think we'll get one for the show, Kyle. Yeah. But I think okay. if someone wants to sign up today, you can try the promo code Radio Twenty, and I think that'll get you a discount at least on the seasonal pieces. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I should note. Let's be honest here. Obviously, with what we're doing here on the YouTube page and what we're going to do every day at 11 a.m. Eastern, you can catch Ray and I live Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Ray, this is obviously free. This is kind of a a free way for people to get access to the thoughts and the talents and the analysis that we provide at fantasyguru.com. So bringing on guys like Ryan, promoting what he does. I think tomorrow, uh, Justin Finsterman, who handles a ton of our NBA DFS, will promote what he does. Um, you know, like any <laughs> fantasy side, everybody's got to make money. You know, we got to make money. But this is a free aspect to tell you what we give you, to uh, express some of those edges that we write about and to, to make you a winner. We talk about Discord. You know, that is for subscribers, and it's, in effect, live advice from guys like Ray, guys like Jeff Manns, guys like Ryan, uh, you know, Chris Rose, Armando Marsal, all those guys are hanging out in there. So uh, if, if you've never really subscribed to Fantasy Guru, again, this is kind of a place for you to uh, get used to what we do, uh, get used to our talents, the perspective we, uh, uh, perspective we provide. Um, and then, Ray, you can go to the website, get 20% off, and, and, and kind of win. Isn't that what we say? You sign up and you win, right? Winners win. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, the Discord, I mean, I personally answer hundreds of questions a week in there. Yeah. And for those people that never use Discord, it's a chat room. That's all it is. And there's different rooms. There's a there's a football room. There's a DFS football room. There's a baseball room. There's a baseball DFS room. There's a basketball room. Like, there's all these different rooms. So you don't have to filter through all the other sports. You just find what you want. All these rooms are there. You click on it. Someone will be in there to answer your questions. Like you said, it's just basically live advice 24-7. Someone's usually around at some point in a couple hours to answer your questions. And 
then we've got all the articles, we've got podcasts, we've got this show here, and we're looking to expand this show again. It's day one. Um, we're on right now on Twitter X and here on YouTube. Uh, but I think very near future, we might be have other places where you could see us, maybe even podcast form. So uh, mm -hmm. tell a friend. We're going to be uh, doing this, like you said, Monday through Friday, starting at 11 o'clock a.m. East Coast time every day and uh, having a lot of fun and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully putting a little te teaser out there that will wet people's beak and get them to subscribe to something at the site. Well, to reiterate, um, you know, we get going at 11, just like Ray said. Most days will not be this long. Mondays are a little different. You got all this football to recap and. It obviously is a very important day. Okay, what happened? What's the latest? What's what's Ray thinking? So we go a little bit longer on Monday. Most of these live streams and the things we do here on the YouTube channel, uh, they're going to be coming your way for about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, today, we're a little over an hour, but most days will be a bit shorter. It's obviously day one. And again, if you miss this live, uh, do not worry because there is a tab that you can click, Ray, uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, if you want to watch Ray and I at, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we will have done the live show, but Ray, all of these are going to be put in the library and people can check them out as they wish. Absolutely. And that's youtube.com slash at elite plus network, or just at elite plus network on YouTube. Uh, mm -hmm. you can go when, when we're live, you can just find it obviously on there on the homepage. If you missed it, like Kyle said, or you wanted to rewatch it because you loved everything we talked about for the last <laughs> hour and 50 minutes, if you just go to the top there, there's a little, uh, series of, of, you know, things you can click on. The third one in is live, uh, and just click on that and it'll be stored there for everyone to see. Uh, and they'll can watch it at three in the morning or whatever, like Kyle said. Um, speaking of what we've got at fantasy guru right now, I'm looking at mention the Monday night showdown pieces up Tyler Beaker, his thoughts on everything. Uh, getting ready for tonight with the game script perspective. So you kind of tag team Tyler and Ryan's column together. That can give you an edge for this evening. Jorge Pucks has the NHL DFS write-up. He's great at getting those up early in the morning. That is already posted. And Armando Marsal, he is chiming in with his thoughts. He was just like Ray and I, sitting on his rump for uh, you know 12 hours yesterday. So he's got thoughts. Ray and I gave you our thoughts. Armando's got his. Jeff Manns has a write-up from everything that went down on Sunday. So it's there. Check it out. Check it out is kind of the key. Okay, Ray, day one in the books. Uh, you and I back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, and uh, we'll do it again. Justin Fincerman going to join us for some hoops. Uh, so we'll have some fun, latest on NFL, whatever we kind of want to talk about. Uh, we'll get rolling tomorrow, okay? Looking forward to it, and it'll be Halloween. And I can't promise yeah. this, but I feel pretty confident in saying that I might be in costume for the in costume My i might provide a photo of me in costume i will not be in costume for the show though ray okay okay i i will so i don't want you to be let down if you get all dolled up and i show up and i'm just regular old kyle and remember this starts at eight in the morning for me so i'm gonna have to get up early before yeah. the sun to make this happen that's how dedicated i am to the holiday and the listeners and viewers. Well, Ray, Kim Kardashian doesn't wake up at 7 a.m. and look like Kim Kardashian. Everybody's got to get made up. So gotcha. join the club. Okay, buddy? <laughs> um, that'll do it for us. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, Discord, you can, you can let Ray know Twitter. They can always give us a follow there. Write us up. Um, if there's something you'd like to see, let us know. Uh, but that will do it for us. Uh, Ray, good stuff. And uh, we'll meet again tomorrow in about 23 hours or so, okay? And I Yeah, and I should note, it's at Fantasy Guru site on Twitter X, at Fantasy Guru site. And the video is also live there, so I think it could be stored there if people want to choose to watch there versus on YouTube.
Oh wow! Do, do we have a, a what is it? A blue check mark? Do we have that yet or not yet? Oh yeah, we're we're fantasy. No, we don't. <laughs> we're official, baby. Oh yeah, yeah, we're the real deal. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow, folks. Catch you on Tuesday with more of Fantasy Sports Daily, courtesy of FantasyGuru.com.